0: Welcome to your podcast, Leadership is Tricky, where we'll tackle various topics, challenges, and experiences as it relates to your investment in leadership. So let's design success together. Now your hosts.
1: Welcome everyone back to Leadership is Tricky. This is Stephen Ollick. How you doing, Eric?
0: I'm good. How are you feeling, Steve? Uh,
1: you're hearing a different like Kermit the Frog type voice here, so uh, this is not my normal um, way of being, but I'm coming off of having some of the uh, the flu-like symptoms and sickness lately, but I'm feeling a little bit better. But I had to come and do this because I'm about ready to go on some extended leave, yeah. and we need to put some content out, and I'm passionate about some of the things we're going to talk about today.
0: Yeah, so am I. I'm glad that you're here. Um, you know, Just a little bit of update. I know you've been under the weather. I mean, we're, we're doing great. I mean, the, yep. I think the platform is really taken off. Um, I think we hit, what, 200? 50-ish downloads no, um, as of uh, this morning. So, hey, thanks everyone out there that's listening. But uh, I know you wanted to talk about a uh, leadership challenge that you're going through right now. Or and, opportunity. Or right? opportunity. <laughs> and it's something that I think a lot of people out there are, are, have gone through or are going through or will go through here um, as they go off on their leadership journey. So, I'll let you lead the way.
1: Yeah. So, I'm, I don't have the answers to this question. So, we're just going to have to talk through a lot of this and see where it goes. But what does someone do that goes from a peer on a team or that working level action officer, you know, worker bee kind of person to being the formal leader on that same team. So
0: you're the man now.
1: Yeah, so the same people that you've associated yourself with for X number of days, years, whatever, you all of a sudden became the boss.
0: Yeah, so you, you've had lunch with them. You guys have gone out, done vacation, been Golf. on travel, yeah. talked about the boss together. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. We're looking right. at it right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, and now you have been promoted, and you have been labeled the boss.
1: And life has
0: certainly changed in many, many ways. All right, so let's talk talk about a couple things then. Okay. So, so what has changed?
1: So I would just say, like the the easiest things to identify, just. You know day to day so i'm a little bit more isolated from the team just every on the day-to-day conversations i think being in the trenches with the workers getting things done talking to customers doing the workflows and the tasks of the day um, i was teaming a lot more just getting those things done but now in this role i'm kind of up and out that's the 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 terminology that we always use and i think i'm interfacing with more of the folks that are outside of our team Fighting the battles for you know everybody on the team, um, doing that kind of customer relationship, making sure that they're happy with the services that our team provides, and just capturing all those you know strategic things that I need to bring back to the team, filtered of course because I can't give them all the information or I'm basically you know doing the same job I was doing before. Um, but yeah, it's a little bit of isolation. That's kind of what I'm going through right now. And, and it's not just the day-to-day kind of working. It's also lunchtime. You know, I'm definitely not getting the same, you know, invites to go out and do that kind of thing. The after work stuff. I mean, it is wintertime, so we're not, you know, t- typically going out and doing the same things we were doing during the summer. But um I mean, that's just me being a little bit vulnerable and transparent. It's just that's been the most apparent change that I can put my finger on.
0: All right. So let me ask you a question. Sure. You don't have to answer it if you don't have the answer. But why did you want the job?
1: Why did I want the job? Yes. So for me, it was more about where I thought I could take the team going forward. Um, Being in the role that I was at. I th- saw opportunities to leverage not only other people on the team and kind of drive their passion to that purpose that we talked about in earlier episodes, but also grow myself so that I could see, you know, what's my personal potential and where can the team um, kind of achieve going forward. And I also think there was an opportunity at the time to, to kind of grow what had been set up. and you know, To be honest, it's what you set up because you were that said person. And we had a a really good foundation at the time, and um, you you had found another opportunity for yourself. And I saw with that foundation, we could go and achieve like a 2.0 version of the team. And I saw that strategically. I saw the big picture. That's where my mind always goes. And that day-to-day kind of tactical operational um, approach to work, I've been doing it for a number of years, Mm -hmm. and it just doesn't bring me that passion anymore. And I really wanted to check this thing out that we call formal leadership and see what it was all about.
0: Yeah, so that's, that's one of the things that you and I talked about even before you um, took over because we had a little bit of a transition that the hardest thing for anyone to do is is now, hey, we're, we're hanging out, we're sharing intimate um, secrets and conversations you know, we're bouncing things off of each other that we probably don't agree with or a decision that at the time that I made that you guys probably didn't, dis, you know, really, really like feel, you know, intrinsically in your heart yeah. to say, you, hey, we want to go in that direction or. um, Yeah, so then you get promoted and now things change because now you're the person that can hold them accountable. You're the person that is going to set the rules. You know, they're trying to feel you out on what they can get away with. Um, you know, as far as the, the work goes. Um, and, and I think that it, it comes down to sitting down with them and communicating um, what that vision is. And I'm sure you've done that. Um, they might not agree with your vision, just like you might not have agreed with mine at the time, but that's just something that comes with the job. Um, yeah. It, and I always find that it's extremely difficult when you're sitting next to someone every single day <laughs> and, for lack of better terms, I mean, you're, 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 you're just water cooler talk. There's things being said that now you can't say, yep. um, you know, for fear of retribution or well, how I, you're perceived. I or, said it
1: earlier. I have to like filter what I tell them now. And I, I usually am kind of unfiltered by nature. I love open and honest communication. I love just kind of putting everything out there and letting people decipher what they want to take away from the information. But I, I think that's irresponsible in this role that I'm in now because if I was in their shoes, and maybe this is my bad assumption, mm-hmm. but if it, if I was in their shoes like I was just, you know, two or three months ago, I wouldn't want everything dumped on me that was going on above the team and outside of the team that wasn't relevant to my specific role on the team. <clears throat> and something I should caveat with this team that I'm, I'm leading today, it's very multifunctional. So... Not everything that I'm learning from outside of our shop is going to be relevant to, you know, five or six people on the 14-man team that we have, and I really need to pay attention to the kind of messaging that I'm, I'm delivering and not make it to in the weeds, but not make it to in the clouds as well and have that fine balance there.
0: So I think it needs to be relevant, <clears throat> right? And so, timely, right? You know, as we sit in, in some of our more illustrious board meetings and... Uh, staff meetings and customer engagements and those types of meetings. What's relevant to those people? What are they going to care about? Right. So you have. Um, some people that do like service level management and, you know, you might want to bring it back some of that information that might affect them. Like the customer has a requirement, hasn't hit us yet, but this is kind of what is coming to us. And, you know, the two people on your team are going to gravitate to that. Yep. Um, or, you know, we have a new requirement that's coming, that's going to require a change on our network. You know, maybe the change team, you know, that service transition team might hold on to that information. And we, and we had a great conversation while we were in Italy. And I know you looked at me at the time cause you were fresh in the seat. <laughs> Where you're looking at me like, man, will you just shut up? Um, you were like, <laughs> you know, it? what I was telling you is, yeah, hey, you're sending back all these emails. And at the time, you know, for everyone out there, I was still on the uh, distro list. So I was still getting all the emails <laughs> that he was sending. And I mean, it was full of great data. I don't know if it was information that they were going to care about. Right. They're, they were going to read words on a screen, but I don't think they really cared. And I asked them, you know, did you get any feedback? And that answer was a big N-O Yeah, so I mean,
1: and that—that was the humbling part of that because, like I just said a second ago, I love just giving people what I know and not holding information. That sounds weird because we all talk about information is power, but I'm the type of guy that's just going to give you everything and then let you decipher what you need. But in previous roles, it's always been very like I've had blinders on with what I know and I put it out and then people. And I wouldn't be talking to the whole team. I'd be talking to like the one or two people. I would already be doing the filtering. But mm. now in this role, I've got you know a plethora of different functions of what people do, and I'm trying to like live blog from our trips out there, you know, visiting new emerging technology organizations and stuff like that. And you know, it was it was just something that it was a good learning experience, and um, something that I'm not repeating again. But I will say. Uh, I did receive some feedback because at the time I did not. Mm-hmm. But lately, I had been told by a few on the team that it was good for them to see. Mm-hmm. However, comma that's the big but, right? Um, they they appreciated maybe a a, a more generaliza- generalized kind of version of that same information. To I should have made it more informational, not just data, that raw coming out of my mouth unfiltered. This is what I just did. You should care about it. Yeah. Hey, because I mean, a
0: lot of what we do, and I will tell you since I was in the C2, is a lot of what we do is it has to be put in context, right? Yeah. So it, it might, this was said, that was said, this is what needs to happen, but it has to be put in context so they can digest it. Um, because I mean, a lot, it, there's, there's a lot of competencies and one of them that I talk about a lot of time with people is having that strategic agility. Right to be able to see the big picture and then move pieces around as a leader, right? You need to have that competency to be an effective leader. When folks that aren't there yet, they're more tactical in their approach to their day to day. I have these five tasks. I'm going to do these five tasks, and it's okay to be that way, right? Because not everyone's going to be the boss, yep. or everyone. Not everyone wants to be the boss, but we should be grooming people to, you know, and showing them kind of those traits and those competencies that they might gravitate towards to one day be that person. So I, I would tell you just from, from that um, perspective is continue to build that strategic agility, but understand that, you know, they're still in the tactical realm of their day-to-day and you have to put things in context and package information the right way for them to digest it. It makes sense?
1: Yeah. And I think something recently that we've also done is communicate the why of our team because that's some other than the feedback that I've received from these initial kind of one-on-one conversations I've had through the coaching um, aspects of learning who they are, how do they feel about their job, is it aligned to some kind of big strategic you know goal or outcome that the organization is trying to achieve, and some of the common themes I was really getting back from them was they didn't understand the one thing that our team did, and again. Not getting into the weeds of what we do. We're just a very multifunctional type, you know, business office Let's just say in an IT organization So finding that one big why that's common amongst the 14 folks that I mentioned earlier That's been kind of my initial uh, Just initial 90-day Challenge and opportunity to show them, you know, this is what you do this is how it aligns to not only what our team does, but to the organization's also vision and strategy and all that. And I think I've been successful in that because I'm getting some positive vibes and feedback from that. So if there is a goodness with the initial putting it out, totally carte blanche and now being more strategically agile, like you're, you're mentioning, um, I'm getting there. So I feel like it's still a work in progress. It always will be. Yeah. Um, uh, but we're getting there. Well,
0: that's why it's an investment in a journey, right? Absolutely. You have to invest. It's going to take <clears> your whole <throat> life to figure it out. And when you figure it out, you know, we're dashed from the tombstone. So, um, now I want to go back to what you said earlier though, is isolation, okay. right? Oh. You know, it's
1: <clears throat> now we're going to get all a little bit more emotional. Now <laughs> if you want to cry. I mean, I'll hold you.
0: It's all right. You know, sh- 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 all right. No, but you know, isolation, you know, it. you know, there's always this thing that people throw out there. It's lonely at the top. Um, I believe it. However, um, there's ways to overcome that by picking folks and just say, hey, let's go for a walk or, you know, let's go to lunch together. Let's have a conversation so that way you can have that connection. Um, The the nice thing about you being the peer and now the boss is that you've already had those conversations. Right. Don't lose that. You know, um, you shared an office with an individual right and you guys know intimate knowledge about each other and you guys have you know spent the last couple years together it's just because you're the boss doesn't mean you can't have that still absolutely um and it's great because then you'll have those individuals then comfortable enough to challenge your assumptions um and your thoughts and and your way of thinking right Uh, and you're you're forcing i I love to say it now forcing that collision Mm -hmm. um and and not to gain intel but you'll gain some insight into how they work how they think how you can better support them because that's your job right is to be able to support them so i would just say invite them for a walk invite them for a cup of coffee you know do the team building events that you love to do you know maybe take them to the golf course when it gets nice
1: well we're about ready to do one tomorrow too so um the team's gonna go out and look at some of these european christmas markets so. i didn't get an invite though no you didn't oh, man. <laughs> isolation yeah there you go no but i, I think this
0: maybe that's a small step right it's just you know chipping away at um this this thought that because you're the boss, we can't we can't hang out.
1: Yeah, and I think it's so cliche to say, oh, I have an open door policy. I'm just, I don't, so I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't want to change the transparency and the collaboration and the open book that I am because I don't really hoard information. That's just not in my DNA to do.
0: So, so I would challenge that a little <clears throat> bit because you have to, Shield yourself from some things, right, because folks want to know that when they come to you that the private information stays with them, stays with you, right, in, in a safe space. Um, what I'm getting at is more of the, you know, the, just the general collaborative environment can still get out of my office, still go see them, go see them, hang out with them, you know, understand, you know, what are the things that ail them? I mean, you make fun of me all the time, right? (laughs) About why we have a couch in your office. Yeah, There's a couch in my (laughs) office and, you know, make time for anyone that comes in, right. Just be, be available is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, you know, that's one of the things that I would say is as I reflect back on my time in the seat in that role is I wish I would have been more not available, but more accessible Um, because I was always available, right? I have the iPhone with, you know, the the email comes in all the time, but be more accessible, you know, (laughs) face-to-face and present, Yeah, you know, um, because I was always traveling or, you know, off in meetings and just not making it or carving enough time out for um, the individuals. Um, So, you know, if that's one thing you could take from me would be that is be more accessible and present.
1: Yeah, Um, you know, and... It's spot on what you're saying because I think we have all these technologies, we have all these ways, even what we're doing right now, you know, I could podcast to the team if I wanted to, just to give them my, you know, fireside chat for the week of what I'm thinking about. Um, But I make it a point, we do it every Monday, and I'm going to kind of flip it on its head. It's always been our kind of top three things that we're going to do for the week, just so everybody's kind of aware, since we're so multifunctional and who can kind of help, help out who. I'm going to try and flip it and kind of make it more of a give me what you're thinking about for the week. What's your theme of the week? What's the kind of maybe concern, opportunity, thoughts, um, question that you're going to go research? Because I want to, I don't, today that Monday meeting that we do is very tactical. Mm -hmm. And it should be to a certain extent because I think we have other means of communicating the tasks that we're working on. But I want that team meeting, that 30 minutes that we do at the beginning of the week, to be kind of more about areas of opportunities and areas of interest and then also areas of challenge that other people with their skill sets in mind and abilities can go and help out others and kind of be that um, that place that we can go and kind of lean on each other. That's yeah, what it's just I'm planning to a safe holding environment, do. right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, where you guys can get after change together and I think that's important. Um, so, you know, with my new um, team, you know, a few more people, however, um, same kind of concept on Monday is, is to go around the room to say, hey, what do you need from this other branch or this other person? Um, and it's it's been going pretty well because folks are talking th- through problem sets together and saying, hey, I need this resource on Thursday or this resource on Friday. <coughs> and we can kind of deconflict de- schedules and, and get teams out there together and, and working through things. And um, And I always finish it off with, what do you guys need from me? You know what barriers do you have this week? And folks are very forthcoming now that with, hey, this is what I need you to do, and they're using, um, you know, my formal influence. You know, they're they're expressing their informal influence to you know kind of manage up, and tell me to hey, I need you to go break down this barrier. I need you to you know secure this funding, or I need you to do this. Or I need you to do this coordination, um, and it's great because it one helps me um, build credibility, um, and you know, amongst the team is someone that can provide some results. Um, and it's, and it's interesting because everyone has the same needs. just at different times.
1: Maybe they don't even know it because they're finally being, you know, communicative about it and having that forum where they can come together and talk about it with you.
0: Absolutely. It's kind of cool. Um, and then now we have our chat up all day long. Um, you know, really more with me and my direct reports. Um, we have a live chat channel, um, and messages come in all day long. Hey, I got a question on this. I got a question on that. And, you know, one of the, you know, five people are going to write back and say, oh yeah, I'm working this or this is where you can find that information. Um, and it's been, it's been, it's it's worked well and it's it's been very eye-opening because you were talking about the technology um, to just have that live collaborative session just going and understanding that, we can all just talk to each other and be open and honest. And it's not a matter of rank or, or grade or where yep. you're at in the organization. Um, you know, I, I tell them don't call me sir, call me by my first name, you know, let's build that rapport. I mean, I'm, I'm not big on, you know, sirs and all that. I'm not that old yet. <laughs> um, but <coughs> it, it's, it's nice. And then when I go downstairs, you know, it's taking interest into their lives and, and having that conversation just because we've been talking all day anyway. Yeah. Um, but Yeah. So I want to go back to you, though. Right. So you you talked about isolation. You talked about um, one over communicating. And now, you know, you're going to start packaging that up and making sure that it's relevant and timely for them to digest. What else? Well,
1: I think so. The next few months we're going to come up on, you know, I I'll put it out there. We work for the government, so we do annual appraisals still. I know those are becoming more out of vogue with most uh, of the private organizations that we uh, speak to. But that's going to be my next big challenge is inheriting the team that I did Mm kind of midway through that performance rating cycle, the yearly cycle, and using previous information and then current information to have that conversation. Um, I've done my best the first few months to kind of level set what I think they do Mm -hmm. and then establishing those kind of we call them smart criteria, but Think of basically metrics or measures that I can hold them and then hold myself also accountable to. When we do have that conversation at the end of March, early April, um, did they actually achieve said goal, objective, and uh, there's no surprises. So I think that's going to be new for me, especially as now that formal leader versus kind of this, the, the peer, the person that I might have relied on them, but I can't really hold them accountable to what they said they were going to do.
0: Yeah, fair. I mean, everyone has to kind of work through the performance, you know, end of year type thing. But I think that if you take some of the steps that you were talking about earlier of meeting with them regularly, having the conversation with them, understanding, you know, what they're doing and, and then the performance elements that they put in there to say that they, those are things that they were going to achieve, um, I, I don't think it'll come to a surprise because folks yeah. know, you know, where they're con- where they're at. In, in achieving some of those things, and um, I think it's gonna it's gonna be healthy to ha- to go through this process now, because then as you're building your team back up, because you do have you know some vacant positions that you're hiring, um, you guys can now start from scratch. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess that's really the silver lining because we do have some vacancies. I'm starting to get my my team kind of formed. How I can best influence and honestly, you know, identify the competencies I'm looking for. Not to say the people on my team aren't what I would look for because, I mean, I think people are people, um, but it gives me the opportunity to uh, put fresh perspective and mindset into the team that we do have today, um, albeit the team is relatively young. Um, and, I, and just to kind of segue away from that, because that's kind of the, I think it won't be as much of a challenge, but I think I'm coming up on 90 days mm-hmm. and I'm going to have some time away for the holidays to kind of reflect on the team where I think the team is moving towards and, and really ultimately my vision for the next, you know, six months to a year. And I really want to specifically be very specific about the six months to a year because I want to achievable, achievable results and, and stretch goals that we can truly get after as a team. Um, I think it's always nice to have this laundry list of things that we think we're going to get done. Um, you know, we have this improvement ideas kind of registered today that people have put stuff into that's kind of just sat there and become very stale. But I want to bring the team together. Uh, hopefully in January when we do, I'll come back and take an afternoon or a morning or whatever it happens to be. Um, level set everybody on kind of where I see things. Take in that input as well. Be very transparent about it. Vegas rules style. And then I really want to dive into what we think are the top X number that we know we can achieve and assign those out accordingly and just be, be, let that be our guiding light with my input, obviously. I mean, I don't want to go in there cold and be like, mm-hmm. Hey guys, let's just figure it out as we go. Cause that's not what I think a, a, a person's looking for in a leader. We go back to that model from the center for creative leadership, um, CCL.org They always talk about their leadership model being direction, alignment, and commitment ultimately. And I still need to provide that direction. So that's kind of where I'm at today. I want to give them the direction, uh, get their kind of pseudo alignment, not only with their personal kind of performance plan, but even this list that I'm talking about of the, the handful of things that we can get done in the six to 12 months and ultimately keep those two things truly aligned and connected together so they can ultimately commit to that.
0: Yeah, I think you you have a way ahead, and that's that's I think that's half the battle, right? Yeah. I mean, that direction piece is going to be critical to get that alignment. I mean, the commitment piece. I mean, you you can't make people be committed. Hey, listeners! So that concludes part one. Part two will be played next week, so stay tuned.